This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Hey, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so glad that you're here with us as we've been in this series called Empty Promises. We've been talking about some things over the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about this whole idea that when we find Christ, when we begin a relationship with God, that uh, a lot of times we, we have this perception that God is all about us just getting some sin management going on in our lives. In Christianity, you think, I accept Christ, now there's some do's and don'ts, and I just need to manage some aspects of my life. And so we look at our lives like this living room, our life is a living room, we think, man, we've accepted Christ in our life, and so he's gonna come in, he's gonna hang on that living room, maybe he's gonna take out a dustpan and dust up a little bit, maybe rearrange some furniture in our lives. But the reality is, is that that God didn't just come and, and give his son to live on this earth and to die so that he could just come in and and just dust up a little bit of our lives because God isn't after just having some behavioral modification in our life. God is after changing our heart and that is really his intent and he wants to change our heart from the inside out and do some unbelievable things in our lives. But what happens to so many of us is we have some things, we have some rooms in this house of our life that we're like, God, you can have all of this stuff, but this room over here is kind of off limits. This is the junk room. This is the junk in the trunk that I don't want you to have no business in. And so we, we live with all that stuff and we're like, God, you can have this, but you can't have this. And what the Bible calls that is he calls that stuff that's over there that we don't allow God to touch that kind of dictates and, and drives our lives. He calls those things idols in our life. They're things, and we've been talking about this idea of idolatry, and that is anything that takes the place of God. It's, it's basically saying, what is the ultimate thing in our life? And there's always something that is competing for that number one spot in our heart. And if it's anything other than God, it's an idol in our life. And so the question hasn't been, do we have idols in our lives? Because it's apparent that our hearts are this idol factory. I mean, we will just produce one idol after another, after another. The the reality is, is, is which idol is in direct competition with God? And so we talked over the last couple of weeks, we talked about, you know, just, just uh, our, our um, approval of other people and acceptance and some different things. And this week, as I was thinking about the things that we we're gonna talk about, I was like, man, you know, all these things I've dealt with, but this week, you know, we're gonna be talking about our, our appearance, the, uh, the, uh, the approval of appearance and wanting to have that in our lives. And I was thinking to myself, you know what, this is one that's probably not really very evident in my life. You know, if all the other things, you know, I, I, I've struggled with, you know, getting the approval of others. I've struggled with, you know, wanting money or power and those things, but appearance, I don't really have to worry about that because you know what I, I've realized in life, I'm probably never gonna have any rock star hair. Um, you know, there's it just, that aspect of life just is not becoming to me, you know, and it's just not gonna happen. And then I realized that, you know, I'm probably never gonna sport any, you know, rock star jeans, which would be skinny jeans and uh, real rock star jeans would be girls jeans. And so I'm a dude and dudes shouldn't wear girls jeans. So that right there is gonna eliminate that. And so I'm probably, you know, that's probably not gonna be a problem that I'm gonna have in life. But, but you know what, I'm, even in the midst of all of that, you know, there are still things that, that I've come to the realization of, is, and the fact is, is I'm comfortable realizing that, you know what, I, I'm probably, you know, hip was a time of the past that maybe I lived in, but that time has definitely passed by, and hip is an afterthought, you know, in life. Um, but yet, even though it's an afterthought, it's something that all of us still desire, isn't it? I mean, we all want to be the quote-unquote cool kid. 
We all want to be in the cool club. We all want to have the nicest clothes and we want to have the best appearance. I mean, nobody wants to go to school and, and be known as the stinky kid. You know, uh, you know, nobody wants to go to work and be known as the st stinky adult either. So, you know, but, but we, as we've been doing over this last couple of weeks, I just want us to take a look at some different areas and I'm gonna ask you some questions and on a scale of one to five, one being that, you know what, this doesn't really affect or impact my life and in five being, man, you know what, this is something that's very real and very evident in our lives. I just want us to rate these things and look at our lives and, and kind of be introspective and say, you know, where do I stand in this area of, of this promise that says, man, if I just look better, if I just seem and am perceived better then my life is gonna be fulfilling my, I'm gonna have worth and I'm gonna have value in life. And so the first one is this, is I'm often anxious or self-conscious about what I wear or how or what people think of my appearance. You know, uh, we're self-conscious about that. When we, when we walk into a room, we're wondering what everybody else is thinking about us. I mean, I, I know that I'm guilty that I walk into a room and I'm like, man, I wonder if I fit in here. You know, I wonder what they're thinking about me. And, and so if, if that's you and you say, you know what, I really, really, really deal with that. You know, it's something that, that I'm continuously worried about. You know, you rate yourself at a five. If it's not, you, you rate yourself at a one. Another one is, is I let the appearance of other people, the appearance of other people affect how I feel about myself. You know, you walk into a place uh, and this happens to me all the time because I have a tendency to dress down for things. You know, we live in South Florida, it is casual, you know? And uh, you know, I'll, I'll roll into somebody's birthday party or something and everybody is dressed to like the nines, you know? And I show up in a pair of flip flops and some cut off jeans and a wife beater. And I'm like, oh man, I'm at the right, wrong party. And uh, actually I've never worn the wife beater thing in public. <laughs> That would probably gross a whole bunch of people out. Ooh, you know, everybody puke and it'd be a horrible party. But you know, you walk into a party and, and everybody's dressed better than you. And all of a sudden, you know, you, don't, you didn't get the memo of that. And all of a sudden you're self-conscious or you go to a place and you're overdressed and you feel dumb because everybody else is chill and you're like in a tuxedo and it, it just messes with you. Maybe another one is, is my appearance often causes me stress, anxiety, depression, envy, resentment, and embarrassment. I kind of covered every scope right there. So if that doesn't affect you, if you don't have any of those symptoms, man, you are doing really well in life. But I know for me, it's like every Sunday I go through these anxiety attacks of, sweetheart, what am I gonna wear today? Um, and, and I kind of sound like a little girl. I'm like, is this shoe okay or is this shoe okay? You know, and I, I have like different shoes on and I'm checking, do these socks go with this shoe? Is that okay? You know, how about the underwear? Does that match all of the, you know, it's not like anybody's gonna see that. And then Shayla would be like, I don't really like that shirt. And I will go into a deep depression and cry in the bed for the next hour. And it's just messed up, you know? And so I'm, I'm marked a five on this one. I'm, I'm jacked up. It's okay. Um, I'll admit it. Number four is I find it easier to spend money on my appearance than to give back to God financially. That's a big one. And we think that these things are separate, but in the reality, you, you can't really separate this because it's really a reflection of where our heart is and where we put our worth and where we put our value. And so if we're continuously looking to close into things and we're continuously thinking, if I just get more of that, then my worth and my value will be there. And we're never trusting God with anything, then apparently our trust is in those things. Our trust is in our appearance. Another one is I often change my style of clothing or hair to impress certain groups of people. You know, if, if, there's a, if there's a crazy show going on, you, you dress up emo that week, you're all in black and got your eyeliner on. And then the next week you go to the country club and so you got your bow tie and your, your pressed khakis. And you know, you change your style to impress those groups of people. But number six is I spend more time cultivating my outward appearance than I do my relationship with God. And that one's a huge one. If you're spending more time getting dressed every day and contemplating what you're gonna wear than you do spending time with God, 
that might have been something that's taken the place of God in your life. And listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel good about yourself. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have nice clothes and dress in nice things. It's, 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 but when we start looking to our appearance to replace what only God can give us is when it jacks us up on the inside, and I, and I wish I could stand here and tell you that, that I scored really low on this test. I wish I could say, man, I, you know, this didn't affect me at all, but the reality is, is this affected me big time because you know what? I'm constantly worrying about and feeling insecure about my appearance and the clothes that I'm wearing and, and what my weight is and what shape I have and, and my hairstyle or lack thereof hair and all of those things, they're just messing with me. And it's something that I think is ingrained in us in society. Everywhere we look, there's this constant image thing that is getting thrown at our face. In fact, I, was, I picked up some magazines this week and, and just looking at the headlines, I mean, it, it was crazy because this one says 125 ways to look great instantly. It's already throwing it right at us. How, how to have um, the flat belly muscle. I didn't even know that there was a muscle underneath all this stuff here. And, and apparently there is. You can have it. I've never found it, but it says right here that we can have it. And, uh, you know, it says, uh, be a better man, you know, get the ultimate shred. And then it has some stuff on sex, so we don't need to read that. Uh, you know, this one is your best body in 30 days. I mean, all of us want a better body in 30 days, don't we? I mean, we all want to look good and fly in GQ and, you know, walk off 15 pounds fast. I mean, I will take the 15 pounds fast rather than walking it off slow any day, baby. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, it's got all these things. Gorgeous hair at 30, 40, and 50. That's exactly why I bought this issue. I want gorgeous hair. I'm working it, you know, and, and you know, it's all this stuff, you know, younger hands and nails. I mean, just all about our image. Uh, this is my favorite because this is 17 magazine, which is basically geared towards your kids. And, and this is my favorite, 825 ways to look pretty. Dang, get you some of that. That's like a couple of ways for each one of us. I mean, that is a lot of different ways to look pretty and, you know, uh, get everything you want this year. Great body, tons of money, and amazing clothes. The headlines of the shiny hair. I mean, everything is about hair, gosh darn it, and just obsess me. You know, the crazy thing is, is that these are just the magazines I found in Jeremy's office. I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what that you know, what's at the newsstand today? I mean, those are just, that's just what's happening at Coastal. So, I mean, we are being bombarded by these things all of the time. And here's what I believe to be true for so many of us is we, you know, have been told all our lives that if we just look a little bit prettier, if we're just a little bit thinner, if we just look a little bit younger, then this promise of significance, this promise of worth, this promise of value will be in your life. And we run and we run and we run after those things. And we always come up empty. Because we're searching for something to give us what only God can give us. And we think, you know what, the person that's after appearances, man, they're just, they're just a vain person, you know? They, they, just, they just care about the exterior and, and, or, or that, you know, they're just full of pride and arrogance and so they want to put on a show. And, and I don't really believe that's the case. I believe the person that's out there that's, that's doing those things, they're not doing those things because they're, they're vain or they're proud or they're arrogant. They're doing it out of fear. They're living that way because they fear that uh, 
what they wear won't be enough. They fear that you won't accept them if they don't look a certain way. They fear that their significance in life is based on, on what they're wearing. And their greatest fear of all is that God is not gonna be enough for their life. And so they re start replacing what God can only give them what they've been told everywhere else is gonna lead to a, a life of significance. And, 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 you know, and when we fear God won't be enough, man, it just messes us up. And, and, and I found this to be true this week. I was, I was watching some TV late at night and I, I saw this uh, commercial that really, that really messed with me. It was pretty, pretty exciting. I think we even have it in the, in the background here that we can play. I wanna tell you what it says. Um, it's, it's, about, it's for the Slim Tea. And uh, the Slim Tea says, it promises to make you look thinner without dieting. Anybody looking for that right there? That is freaking awesome. Without exercising, you can have a slimmer, more fit looking body without putting in all that hard overrated work. You can have the appearance of being thin, but not be thin at all. That right there, praise the Lord, hallelujah. That's what I'm after. And it says, this is the best part. And best of all, no one will know you're wearing it. See that guy right there? You don't know he's wearing it, do you? Once he pulled his shirt over, he looks buff. It even had some little chiseled out six packs in there, didn't it? I mean, you were just, it was just, you were just looking pimp in there. And, and, and you know, I saw that and I was like, who in the world would buy that? And I was like dialing five minutes later, you know? I was like, really, 1995 plus shipping and handing? That's a pretty good deal. That's a lot better than a gym membership, you know? And, uh, and I thought to myself, who in the world would ever buy that? Who in the world would ever do that? And then, you know, this week I just, <laughs> I just had to, <sighs> I'm gonna button this back up because I don't want to, No, 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 man, bro, sit down. We're not getting pictures of that anywhere. No pictures. You know, the funny thing is, is that I had people coming up to me today being like, TJ, are you on some sort of diet, bro? You've like lost 15 pounds in the last week. And I'm like, man, I haven't done anything. I, I just eat well and, you know, I, I work out a little bit. Actually, I don't do anything. And uh, just it just sheds, you know, it, it just... I know that that's it's kind of messed up, but. You know every single one. Of, actually, this is Spanx, if, if I'm going to be honest. It's Spanx. And uh, it actually, it had this alert little thing in here, and I just thought I would share it. Side effects of wearing the shirt, increased confidence and decreased waistline. Get you some of that, baby, right there. <laughs> Just purge that image, please. Purge it. Don't post that on Facebook. <laughs> you know, the tension here is that. <laughs> Y'all gotta stop laughing or I can't do anything, okay? Help a brother out up here. The sad thing is, is that our lives a lot of times are no different than this Slim Tea or Spanx. As we come in here and we look the part. But yet on the inside, it's a lie. It's a lie, and 
you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, man. I, I love God. And I come in here and I raise my hands and I pray and I read my Bible. And I believe, you know, that God should be number one in my life. I know that God should be number one in my life. But if I'm really honest and if you are really honest, and you were to look at your life, you would realize that, man, well, I, I know that God should be number one in my head, in my heart, I know that he's not. And I can come in here and I can, I can raise my hands during worship and I can, I can sing the songs with a loud voice and I can open up my iPad and go to those sermon notes and, and I know the Christianese, so I know how to, how to spin some words to make me sound really, really, really good. but I'm really bowing my life to another idol and not to God. And what happens in life is that we start replacing this idea of appearance, thinking that it will fulfill and it will bring worth and value to something that only God can give us. There's a group of people that are in the Bible that were just like this. And if you guys want to turn in your Bible to 2 Kings um, or look in your worship gods or look in your notes or look on the screen, break out your phone and go on the QR code, why don't you take a look at a story of a group of people that were were very much the same way that we were. And I want to give you a little bit of a backstory. The, basically, the Assyrians had come in and they had, they had overtaken and uh, took over Israel. And uh, the king of Assyria came in and he took all of the 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 Israelites back to the land of Assyria. And so their people moved in. And because this was a land flowing with milk and honey, it was a, it was a great place. I mean, it was like a place where everybody wants to live like South Florida. Everybody wants to live here. It's beautiful, you know, hence for a couple storms here and there. And, uh, and so these people moved in. And the first thing they do, they start, they start erecting the idols in that land. They start erecting the gods that they serve and they start doing all these things. And so they start worshiping their gods and, and God doesn't want anything else competing with him. And so what he does and what I think is pretty dang awesome is that he sends lions in to like maul these people. And uh, <laughs> I thought that that was cool. I mean, if the Bible, you know, people are like, Bible's boring. Listen, where else have you seen God sending lions to maul people? That is freaking cool. And so, uh, unless it's you getting mauled. And so uh, he sends in those lions to maul these people and, he, and they're killing people as they're worshiping these false gods. And so the king of Assyria realizes, man, maybe there's something going on here and I need to do something different. And so he goes back to Assyria and he gets the, the priests and he says, man, I'm sending you back to Israel and I want you to teach the people your ways and to worship your God only because apparently this is happening because we're worshiping other gods. And, and we pick up in 2 Kings chapter 17 and it says this, these new residents worship the Lord. But they also appointed from among themselves all sorts of people as priests to offer sacrifices at their places of worship. And though they worship the Lord, they continue to follow their own gods according to the religious customs of the nations from which they came. And this is still going on today. They continue to follow their former practices instead of truly worshiping the Lord and obeying the decrees and regulations and instructions and commands he gave the descendants of Jacob, whose name he changed in Israel. So while these new residents worship the Lord, they also worship their idols. And to this day, their descendants do the same. 
This is a powerful, powerful statement that, that, that is said right here at the end. It says, they also worshiped their idols. It's not that they didn't, they didn't come in and pray to God. It's not that they didn't come in and, and give him adoration. It's not that they didn't know the rituals of the time. It's not that they didn't pray. It's not that they didn't read their Bibles. It's not that they didn't do those things. They did that thing. They had a form of religion in their life, but yet at the same time, it says they still worshiped others. They also, they also worshiped their idols. And that's where some of us are this morning. We're in that they also place. It's not that we don't believe in God. It's not that we don't believe that he's got a great plan for our life. It's not that we don't believe that God's got something great for us and that, that he wants to do something in our lives. It's just that we want some other things a little bit more than we want God. Instead of just going completely and fully after God, we go after some other things. And this idol of appearance that we're talking about today is not something that all of a sudden you just like recognize in your life, like, oh, I'm addicted to appearance. You know, it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, man, I'm an appearance addict. I've got to look good, feel good and do everything like that. It's a slow drift in our lives. We don't even realize that it's happening. It's, it's being happening subtly to us all of our lives from one period to another. It's like going to the beach and you're out there swimming in and you can see shore and you know where you started at, but before long, the drift and the current just takes you further down the, the beach. And before long, you look up and you say, man, I still see where I'm going, but I'm a long ways away. And that's what happens to so many of us is, is we get drifted and we get taken away. And, and, and what makes it so tough is that it's not that God doesn't have a role in our life. It's not that God isn't important in our life. It's just that he does not, is not our everything anymore. It's not, it's not that we recognize that he's the one who created us unique. It's not that, it, it's that we don't recognize that he is our everything anymore, that he is our all in all. And he is where we find our worth and our value. All of a sudden we start looking to other things for the very thing that God wants to do in our lives. And it becomes this empty promise. And it's not that we don't have great intentions. I think all of us have the best intentions. I mean, if we were to ask, man, do you wanna serve God? I, I think the majority of us would be like, man, I wanna serve God with all of my heart. We have the, great, the greatest intentions, but the road to hell is paved with great intentions. And we can have great intentions, but at the same point, we, we can't just live with intentions. We ought to have the courage to step out and be obedient to what God says. Because here's the thing, we in our society, we are continuously lied to in our society. And, and the, the reason we don't find truth is because we're just not obedient to what God says, because God's obedience always leads us to truth, but we're constantly bombarded by lies. And, and I want you guys to understand this. And I put it in your notes, it, it says this, a lie believed as though it were truth carries the power of truth in our lives. So if you grew up and you were told that you were fat and, and you might be very thin, in fact, we, we run into young girls and, and women all the time that, that are beautiful. I mean, gorgeous, could be models, but yet they have this perception in their mind. Somebody told them they're fat and they've become anorexic. They weigh less than hundred pounds and they're throwing up every meal because they perceive themselves as fat because they've bought into a lie. Maybe you were told that you weren't smart as a kid. And so you've grown up your whole life believing that you're dumb and, and you, have a, you have a genius IQ, but because you believe that lie, even though you were smart, you've been living in that life. Some of you were told that you would be worthless and good for nothing and, and you bought into that and you've been living as though you're worthless and good for nothing. And it's a lie. And the thing that I wanna do here today is I wanna dispel some of these lies that we've bought into about our appearance because I believe that the only way we can find freedom is if we expose a lie to truth. 
And we allow the truth to come in and set us free. And I believe that today God wants to set some people free. He wants to break this addiction and this idol of appearance in our lives so that we can walk free, live free, and live the life that God intended for us to be. So we're gonna look at three different lies that I believe we believe when it comes to our appearance. And this is the first one. It's improving my outward appearance will heal my inner brokenness. Improving my outward appearance will heal my inner brokenness. We think that if we can just fix the outside, then everything on the inside will be fine. You know, if we just cover it up with, with cool clothes and, and a new hairstyle and, and maybe some Botox or something, then, then nobody will know that inside our, our life is falling apart and it's broken and it's, it's fractured. And we just go through life like that. In fact, I, I know what that's like. I remember being a junior in high school and I was playing quarterback and, and we ran an option offense and, and I, I, I ran the option on one play and instead of pitching to my tailback, I decided to follow a guard that was pulling and I followed him and I accidentally ran right up against his butt. And so I was stuck, stuck up against him and I couldn't go anywhere further. And the next thing I knew, uh, a defensive player came and he speared me. Now, um, if you don't know what that is, that means basically he put his helmet down and ran it right into the middle of my back. Um, and it was probably one of the most painful things that I've ever experienced. And I remember I was getting up from that hit and I, I could barely breathe. I was like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? I was like gasping for air. And I remember going over to the sidelines and being like, coach, I can't breathe. And he said, McCormick, slap my butt. And he says, walk it off. Now, I don't know how you walk off like camp breathing, but uh, apparently that was his solution. And I remember going over the trainer and the trainer's like, here, here's some ice. And we put some ice on my back and he's like, you need to get ready to go back in for the next series. And so he grabbed some tape and he, he started just taping up my, my stomach area. And he's like, slapped me on the butt and said, get back in the game. And, and so I ran back in the game. You know, I had all the appearances of looking good. And by the end of the game, I, I, I couldn't breathe at all. I went home that night, I couldn't fall asleep. I, and, but everything looked fine. The next morning I wake up and my entire back is black and blue. I go to the hospital and find out that I've broken four ribs and fractured three others. You know what today? Some of you guys are just like that. You're in the game of life and you're just, you're just band-aiding some things up and you're running out there and getting back in the game, but you're broken and you're fractured. Some things have been said to you that have, have, have dictated the course of your life because you've bought into a lie. And everything in life has been moving around that. Some of you have been told, man, you're ugly. You know, growing up, I, my parents, I, I can remember I, I was that kid that was the I wasn't fat, I was the chunky kid. Maybe, maybe some of you guys can relate. And I remember going to my grandparents' house and, and hearing them say, you know what, you need to lose some weight. And so next time I went over to my grandparents' house, it was almost a year later and I was rail thin. And they're like, you're too skinny now. And then I would go back and I, I would put on some weight and they'd be like, you're too fat. And I got this image in my mind that I was never good enough. No matter what I was at, I... It was never gonna be enough. And, and my whole life was, was thought, man, if I could just improve this outward appearance, it would, it would heal the hurt of what has been said in my life. And you've done the same thing in your life. You've convinced yourself, man, if I can just fix the exterior, if I can put on a little bit more makeup, if I can wear a little bit higher 
more expensive clothes, if I could just drive that vehicle, if I can, if I can get that man, you know, it'll just make me look good and feel good in life. And you think in the inside, it'll be all right. But you're broken and you're ignoring the fracture. And you've convinced yourself that if you can be more fit, just a little bit prettier, just a little bit thinner, just hanging with the right crowd, if I can just have that wardrobe, if I can just have those shoes, it will fix the brokenness on the inside. And this is the thing about God, is God longs and desires nothing more than bring healing to your life today. But this is the thing that I've learned about God, is that God will not heal you of a brokenness that you will not bring to him. The thing that I love about God is, and in the Holy Spirit is that he's a gentleman. And he's not gonna force himself upon you just like he didn't force himself upon you for salvation. He allowed you to find your brokenness and your hurt and your need for him. And when you brought it to him, he saved you and he, he did something new in your life. The same thing is true with our brokenness. If we'll come to God with it and we'll say, God, and I'm broken in some areas. God will heal you. I love what Colossians 2, 8 through 10 says. It says, do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world. Basically, Paul knew that we would watch Dr. Phil and Oprah and saying, don't listen to that crap. He says, rather from Christ, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body. So you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And what God is saying is that your wholeness and your healing doesn't come from your outward appearance, but it comes from the inside. He's saying, you know what, for so many of us, we come into church and we come to God and we think, man, I've got to get everything together because then God will accept me. That's our perception of God is that, man, we've got to get our life together. And that's the exact opposite of what God wants to do in your life. He's saying, just come to me how you are because it, I will fix you from the inside and it will affect your entire outside. Not you fix the outside and then I'll do something on the inside. See, we get it backwards. We think we got to put on the appearance and then God will do something. God just wants us to be real with him and just be transparent and say, this is where I'm jacked up, where I'm messed up, where I have hurts and pains. And God wants to come in and say, I can do something right there. And let me just tell you something today. God is here and he wants to meet you right here, right now in this place. And he wants to set some of you free from the brokenness and the fractures that you've been experiencing in life. But first, you've got to recognize the lie that you've been believing. Another lie that, that we have a tendency to believe is who I am is how I look. We live in a world that says, you know what, we are, we are continuously preoccupied with this idea of how we look and how we dress and, and what we're going to be perceived as as other people's. And, and it, it's the driving force of every commercial on TV. It's the driving force of uh, apparently every magazine cover. It's the driving course everywhere. And I found some statistics this year um, that this past year, Americans spent 20 billion, not million, billion, B, billion dollars on cosmetics alone. That's a lot of concealer. Another one was, we spent $2 billion on hair care products. I did not contribute to that one at all. So uh, this is the one that, that really messed with me. We spent $74 billion, not on food, on diet food. 74, and you know what? We are more obese today than we were last year. 
we're, we're, we're thinking that, man, it, it, if we can just look a certain way, if we can be attractive, it, it means that we'll be fulfilled. It means that we'll be enough. It means that we'll be accepted. It means that we'll be admired. It means that we'll be loved in life. And, and, and it means that we'll be significant. And, and, and we believe this with all of our hearts. But yet at the end of the day, we, we go after those things and we feel empty. Because we haven't realized what, what David realized in Psalms 119, and this isn't in your, your outline, but it, I'll put it in there this morning. It says, for you created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. See, David right here is, is just in being reminded himself that, you know what, it's not based on our outward appearance, it's based on what God has already done inside of us, that, that he is fearfully and wonderfully made, that, it, that his image, that his look is not, does not determine his worth and his value. His worth and his value is determined in God, that God created in, in his image. He wasn't created in the, the image of some other person, but he was created in God's image and therefore he is valued. And, and this is something I, I wanna tell you guys this morning that I believe is gonna set some of you guys free. And that is this, there is a huge difference between your self-esteem and your self-worth. See, your self-esteem is predicated on your current circumstances. And so it's, it's predicated on what's happening around you. It, it's based on the brokenness that's happening to you. And so you get your self-esteem from your past and circumstances and those things that are happening. And, and self-esteem is, is actually your perception of yourself. And so however you pe perceive yourself, that's where you get your self-esteem. Now your self-worth is completely different of that because your self-worth is not predicated on anything that you can do. It's predicated on how good God is. And see, we need to understand that God is good and God is good all the time. And when he made you, when he formed you, when he brought you into this earth, he brought you here on a purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose, and that he has a great intention for your life. And it doesn't matter how you look or how you feel or what other people say about you, you are valued and you are loved because you are formed in his image and he does not change. See, our circumstances, they change continuously, don't they? But you know what? God says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what that means? It means that you can do nothing to gain his love and his admiration and his desire for you because you are already worth it all. You are priceless in his eyes. And when we live thinking that who we are is how we look, we can never be skinny enough. We can never be tall enough. We can never have enough hair. We can never have the right amount of clothes because you know what? No matter what we gain, it's just never enough. What we have to do is we have to stop believing that who we are, what we look like is who we are. Start believing that God already established our value before we were ever born. And we are priceless in his eyes. Start living with that truth. And the third thing we gotta do is we gotta recognize that I can control what others think about me or how others treat me with my outward appearances. Man, this lie is huge because uh, we think that we can control how others feel about us. And the, the thing about this lie is that it's true for a momentary time. You know, you walk into a job interview and you look spiffy and you look fly and you can, and you can put on a persona for a period of time uh, we all have that. We all have our kind of alter ego personality that we can put on and make anybody like us 
for five or 10 minutes. But, you know, uh, after that interview is done, we go away and they meet us a second time. And they're like, whoa, who is this person? Because we can, we can fool somebody for a period of time, but over time, we're gonna reveal ourselves. And so we think we can control people based on how we look. But at the end of the day, it's not based on how we look. What, what's, gonna, what's gonna make people value us in those things is the character of our life. And the character of our life is found in our relationship with God, not in what we dress in and what we look like in life. And so, you know, it, it's so important for us to understand this because so many times we find our value in what we look like. I know for me, I, the first church that I worked at, I, I was more of a traditional type of church in the fact that, you know, we wore a suit and a tie and you had to wear dress shoes and, and socks and stuff to work. And, uh, you know, that was a big deal for me. And, uh, and so, you know, I came out of this environment where it's very stuffy, very rigid. And, and I remember going to work at, uh, at Bayside for the first time, the, the church that we came from. And, and uh, I would wear khaki pants all the time and, and polo shirts or button down shirts, you know, and, and I looked kind of corporate world. That was my, that was my look. And, you know, I, I was a little bit bigger at the time. And I remember this one weekend, I wore some blue pants and like some dark blue pants and a blue shirt, like a light blue shirt. Um, and, and I remember coming home and telling Shayla, I feel like a blueberry. Um, it might've been because I was like 270 pounds. Um, that might've contributed to it. But I, I, just, I just felt horrible about myself. And the next weekend, she did some intervention on me and she's like, sweetheart, we gotta help you look a little bit better. And, and she, she went out and she bought me some like name brand jeans. And, uh, and, and so it was the first time I'd ever had some like, if you know name brand jeans, I, I got some seven for all mankind jeans and some Joe's jeans and some true religion jeans. And I started wearing those and people started noticing me. And I was like, whoa, just by changing my pants, all of a sudden people are accepting me. And, and then, I, you know, I started getting those, the pastor shirts, you know, the ones with all the, the, the embroidery on it and the bedazzler, like your three-year-old got that out and just started doing stuff on it. I started wearing those and, and people would be like, wow, that's a, that's a nice shirt. And I don't know if they really meant it was a nice shirt, but I just liked the tension. So I was like, what is the most flamboyant shirt I can find? I'm going to wear that junk. And so if it was crazy, I was wearing it. And, uh, and I was finding my worth and my value in that because people were saying, oh, there, you know, he looks nice and all those things. And, and I thought, man, I'm, I'm hip and I'm cool. And, and man, I've got to keep this up. I've got to somehow keep this up. And when we moved down here, I was like, man, I got to keep all this up. And before long, that junk was freaking wearing me out because I couldn't keep up with cool. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You're trying to keep up with cool right now. You're trying to get the latest and the greatest and have it all. And man, you, can, you could spend your entire bankroll just on clothes trying to keep up the perception. And finally, I realized that, that cool wasn't being somebody else. Cool was, was being confident in who I was and who Christ made me to be. It wasn't in the clothes that I wear or the car that I drove or, or the house that I lived in. It was in who God created me be. And for some of us here, our lie, it goes way beyond physical appearance. For, for a lot of people, I truly believe this lie goes more into our spiritual life and the appearance we put on than it does our physical life and the appearance we put on. We have the form of godliness. We look and we say and we do all the right things. We go through the emotions, but on the inside, we know that our heart bows to another God. We know that our love and devotion isn't for Christ and him alone. And I believe that God is speaking to some of you guys today and he's telling you to do the same thing he, 
he told the Israelites when they came back into their land. A few years later, if we were to finish the story, the Israelites came back into their land and the first thing they did is they tore down the idols. They tore down the Asherah poles. They tore, tore down all those things. And after they tore those things down, they started worshiping the Lord. They said, we're not gonna allow anything else to supplant God in our life. And maybe that's where you are this morning. Maybe you've been bowing your heart. Maybe you've been bowing your life to a lot of false gods. And you've been putting on the slim tea and thinking, man, nobody's, nobody's gonna know. And you know what? Nobody will know but you. But today, God's been messing with your heart. And he wants you to come back to him. He wants you to stop just coming and putting on the facade on a Sunday and then living completely different the rest of the time. I love what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. It says, oh, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. When you think of what he's done for you, is that too much to ask? Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, God isn't about altering our behavior. He's about changing our hearts. And the author, Neil Anderson, he said this. He said, most people spend a lifetime trying to become what they already are. Don't spend a lifetime chasing after things when you're already loved, when you're already valued, when you're priceless in the eyes of God. Because those things that tell you, they'll give you the world, you know what, they always come up empty. But you know what never changes? God's love for you. God's desire to know you better. And today, I really believe that God wants to set some of you free. That God wants to heal some broken places in your life. But it's going to take you opening up and being honest with him and saying, here's where I've been broken. Here's where I've been fractured. I'm not going to try to cover it up anymore. I'm going to give it to you watch him heal your life. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.